Welcome to A Streetcar Named Rejection, the podcast that explores the business side of show business. I'm Catherine Mullins. And I'm Andrew L. Ricci. And today we are talking all things casting with the one, the only, Kate Lumpkin. Hey, Kate. Hi, friends. Welcome. Oh, that hey. makes me really, that was the best intro of a podcast I've ever. <laughs> wah, wah, it wah. is all <laughs> downhill from here. Great. Yeah. I'm in. We find it's better to not in post add the horns and just do them ourselves. Yeah. But you're so good at it. Yeah, we've been, we, we it's work. A special it's, a, it's a special skill. <laughs> that isn't on my resume. <laughs> you got to put that on, like actively can do an air horn. And <laughs> for me, on the resume, it won't even say actively can do an air horn. I'll just go. And I'll be like, resume. what does that yeah, spelling mean? Spelling it phonetically. Yep, exactly. <laughs> What's your favorite special skill? My on your special Mine favorite? is pretty badass. I'm trying to think. Um, honestly, I can juggle. That's, that's I wish there was a video component <laughs> to this podcast. A pop-up moment. Yeah, exactly. I can name all U.S. presidents in order in under 60 seconds. Okay. That's my special right. skill. But we're not going to spend a minute of your podcast. Can you yeah. do like the first 15? Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Adams, Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Phil, Pierce, Buchanan, Lincoln, Johnson, Greg, Hayes, Garfield, Arthur, Cleveland, Harrison, Cleveland, Kinley, Roosevelt, Taft, Wilson, Harding, Coolidge, Hoover, Roosevelt, Trunet, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. Oh. Who's the last one? Trump. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Such a jerk. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I know, I know. Just I'm basically Linda wow. Miranda. <laughs> wow. you're the one that wrote Hamilton, right? I did. Damn, look at all that my was under like 20 seconds. Yeah. I went super fast. Now tell me all the years they were born. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything like that. Damn. All right, Kate. And like we said, it all goes downhill from here. Exactly. <laughs> Start off with the bang. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Kate. So we're here to talk to you about the fact that I didn't write Hamilton. That is the only <laughs> topic we will be discussing. No, no, no. To talk about casting. Yeah? Of course. Yes. Of course. Great. Yes. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Then how you got into casting? Sure, sure. We know some of these things, but you know, for the, the like super abbreviated version. Yeah. So I was raised in Virginia um, and I went to, uh, uh, I was a performer from the time I was a little kid all the way for a long time. Uh, and then I decided to go to school at Ithaca. I was in their BFA program for musical theater there. Mm-hmm. And I left that program after a year and then was working professionally. Uh, and then I started writing a play uh, about gay men and straight women and how their relationships are kind of fundamentally changing marriage uh, and uh, talked to some people at the Kinsey Institute uh, in IU and decided that I wanted to finish my education there. And I got a degree in sexual anthropology with a minor in folklore um, and was working at National Geographic after that. And I really missed New York. Uh, and I knew I, I didn't want to be an actor anymore Um, I love telling stories, but what I love most is um, understanding communities and understanding how they're created, why they're created, and who the kind of players are in each community. It's what I studied, right? I studied anthropology Mm -hmm. and and theater um, and storytelling. And so I realized that, like, when I was little, I, like, cut the pictures out of Playbills and made trading cards for my American Girl dolls and would, like cast yes. shows oh my god this is real life the so nerdiest amazing. thing you've ever heard yeah <laughs> i know i'd be like molly who do you want to cast in wicked and we'd like make a cast like this is real life i was the nerdiest kid um it's fine i love it i'm still the nerdiest adult uh and so i knew i wanted to come back to new york and i knew i didn't the the business piece of acting sucked and i hated it mm. and it made me not want to do the other piece and so i thought 
I want to spend my whole life making that better for anybody who wants to be an artist. How am I going to do that? How am I going to make this process better, easier, more understandable? So I was like, casting. I've been doing it forever. It's my passion. So I sent an email to literally every casting director I had ever worked with from the time I was like six years old to the time I was like 23, mm-hmm. uh, asking if I could be their assistant. One person wrote me back. This was like an email to like 80 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working as that person's assistant. Uh, and soon after I was working there, I got a job at Fox, not the scary news, but the TV, um, <laughs> and was working on all of their TV shows and when I worked there, I realized, A, I'm a theater baby through and through. TV is not my jam, and there are people who are so much better at it, and it's just not my favorite. Um, but I also realized, like, I didn't want to be someone's assistant or associate for 20 years. I didn't want to follow the structure that has been laid out for me. Mm-hmm. I have a really incredible aesthetic. I have been working to build relationships for a long time. I care about new plays and new musicals. And so I walked from my job at Fox and started my own company, put my name on the door, and said, I'd rather cast three projects a year that I care about with my name on them than cast 15 projects working for somebody else where my opinion doesn't really matter and Mm -hmm. I'm actually just like a source for spreadsheet entry. Um, And so I started my company about uh, almost a a year and a half ago, almost two years now. Um, And yeah, so now I'm, I have my own company. I cast for places like Actors Theater of Louisville, the Kennedy Center. Um, Heard of them. They're, no, they're okay. I have some off-Broadway shows. I'm the resident casting director of the Musical Theater Factory now. Um, and I spend a lot of my time doing a lot of education. So I do a lot of free workshops for actors and for people. Um, I work at a lot of universities. I teach with the Broadway Collective, with Robert Hartwell at the Broadway Collective mm-hmm. for young people who want to get into musical theater. We do 22 city national tours every year um, and a summer program in the city. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also like gardening and Sherlock. Oh my god! <laughs> do you garden in the? Yeah, city? I have a garden in my backyard. Oh my god! You do, do you it live? all. I live up in the Heights, so I'm on 153rd. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, are you is close so to Catherine? No, no, I'm on 90th. <laughs> and on the east side? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully on the west side, and I'm fully almost like in um, what's that place up upstate? <laughs> The, the Yonkers. Yonkers Yonkers that's where I was going <laughs> not upstate I was like you know that place where they sing about it in Hello Dolly <laughs> so great so when you're talking about when you were younger um, when you were in your correct me if I'm wrong like early 20s saying that you were in parts of the business that were just so frustrating to you what were parts of the business that were so frustrating to you on the acting side of things or through the cast through uh, through the casting system well okay so to be perfectly frank um a lot of this stuff that people are dealing with right now i didn't deal with right like social media at that point in time was not what it is right now Mm -hmm. um so a lot of the the kind of tools that people have to use to be seen to be um to be able to express themselves they didn't exist when i was here the first time which is so interesting because it's not like i was here 25 years ago right like this was yeah this was 10 years ago when yeah. I first came and started to work because I moved here originally when I was around, I guess, like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's 30 now. She's 30. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's so weird how things have changed so freaking quickly. But the things that still sucked and continue to suck, right, are auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was terrible at auditioning. I was miserable at it because I let it become this behemoth thing. Um, and, you know, we didn't have online signups then for... EPA is like none of that stuff existed mm-hmm. uh, and also there were a lot fewer people at that point in time but it was still a lot of people wanting to do this um, but I just felt like there was really no way at that point in time for me to get past that kind of 
fear of auditioning. Um, and so that's really what made me realize, like, I want to make this not scary. I want to figure out a way for someone to walk into my room and feel that they are seen, that they are heard, that they are valued, and that the work that they did was important, even if it doesn't lead to the job at the end yeah. of the day. Um, because every time I went into audition, I felt... Like I walked out kind of feeling like a piece of shit, which was on me nine times out of 10, right? Like mm. that's about me. I'm fully aware. <laughs> um, but yeah, that piece just has like always sucked. I didn't know what to put on my resume. I didn't know. I didn't feel like there were resources at that point in time of how to be your own business person because being an actor is being your own business, mm -hmm. right? Like I didn't feel like those resources existed at that point in time. Mm -hmm. It was frustrating when you didn't feel like there was someone you could call or a resource or a podcast. I mean, podcasts didn't exist when I was here, right? Yeah. Like this, this stuff wasn't available. Um, yeah. I felt really lost at sea and um, I don't thrive when I can't figure out how to play the game. And when I can't, when I can figure out how to play the game, I can fucking master it. When I don't understand the game, then I drown and then I have to like find something different. And that's kind of where I was at that point. Hmm preach i'm so that way <laughs> yeah oh wow and it sucks if you're an artist like that it's hard if you are not a person who can really let it go or if you're a person who feels like you have to master something or it's not worth it it's hard to be an artist in a professional way mm -hmm. what were did you have that you, you said you kind of had this realization that like nine times out of ten it was your perception of the mm -hmm. audition when did you have that realization? Was it when you started casting, when you were on the other side of the table and you realized, oh, it's not personal. It's just, you're just not right for it. I mean, like, it, of or? course that becomes more and more obvious every day that I do this, right? Like every day that I go in, I realize, guys, it's a hundred percent mostly not about if you come in you're completely unprepared or you say something that's like racist or horrible or yeah. you lick the reader like that's on you right like you've yeah. made that decision <laughs> yeah I've seen all of those things happen yes I had someone lick a reader once that's real life um yeah did you stop the, what happened oh, oh we needed a f sensible five minute break after that <laughs> audition we need an equity five <laughs> <laughs> um, our poor reader was like I think I need to go to the bathroom we were like okay yes um yeah, but if something drastic like that hasn't happened, it's really usually not about you, right? Mm -hmm. It's a puzzle. It's it's finding it's so many moving pieces. So of course when I see it more and I do it more, the the rationalization of that. But I'm not the kind of person who lets anything from the outside be the problem. It's I have realized that if there is um there is an issue, it it's useless to blame other people. Um and I have really there was like an inciting incident in my life where I realized that like pointing fingers and blaming other people solves no problems so you have to look inside and realize like why is this affecting me so much what why do I feel the need to point the finger at somebody else how can I rectify this situation within myself because people don't necessarily change so if you want to do the same thing over and over and over again and want to get a different outcome mm -hmm. how do I control the situation for me and change it and when I started doing that like everything kind of started falling into place when I made my life about service and less about like, why aren't you getting me the thing that I need? Um, and realize like I could be the thing that I need. That's when everything got better for me. Yeah. Wow. I have so many things to do now with myself. It's <laughs> a lot of reflection. To do. I just feel like I just got life coach. This is. I mean, amazing. I do that. <laughs> yeah, you do. This is, man. This is killing multiple birds with one stone. Do you take cash? <laughs> Are you a therapist? No, handle well? is. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So, when an actor comes into the room for you, yeah, and. 
they have that confidence of I am meant to be here. Is that something that you notice immediately or are the, what are, what are the certain things that immediately draw you to an actor besides maybe the performance, maybe just when they're walking into the room? Yeah. I mean, I think people display confidence in very different ways. There can be highly introverted people. My husband is a wildly introverted human being, but he's still confident in the way that he like walks through the world. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like the way maybe like Chris Pine walks through the world, right? Who's definitely like, I don't know why Chris Pine was there. I love, oh, no. I like, love that that was the first one. Okay. <laughs> Bring in right, Chris I'm like, Pine hi, whenever possible. Is he behind door number one? Yeah. Um, right. He's our next guest on the oh podcast. Oh my God, I would die. Yeah. I'm like, ah. um, yeah, but, but I, so I'm not saying that everybody's vision of confidence when they walk into the space looks the same, but when someone walks in and they just know like, okay, I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be here or my, my work is, is, is worthy of being seen. You see it, you feel it mm-hmm. no matter how they kind of carry themselves and I don't need everyone to walk in like puffy chested and like hello I don't like <laughs> that that would be obnoxious all of our art would look exactly the same yeah but when people walk in and they feel like they have something worth sharing you can tell immediately um and it's instantaneous when they feel comfortable in their own skin when they feel comfortable in the clothes that they're wearing like all of these things and that doesn't mean it has to look a certain way that their skin has to look a certain way or that mm-hmm. their clothes have to look a certain way when they feel entirely themselves and confident that who they are in themselves is worth sharing you can feel it instantly and the number one thing that you can feel is there's no apology so many people walk into an audition room apologizing from the start um like oh i'm so sorry i'm taking up your time no, boo, I'm, I'm paid to be in this room, whether you're here or not. Like, you're yeah. not taking up my time. Like, mm. I I have the greatest job in the world. I get to watch the best actors and singers perform for me for eight hours a day every day. Mm-hmm. I get paid to do that. Like, yeah. it's, a great, it's a great gig. I want yeah. you to show up and do that. So don't apologize for it. Um, and that you can tell immediately when someone is apologizing for your existence. Is it both space. verbal and, like, sort of nonverbal yeah. apologizing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to picture, like, what like nonverbal... A, so when you're sitting on the Your subway, posture? yeah, yeah posture. when you're sitting on the subway and someone, you know, the doors open, like, please stand clear of the closing doors, right? And the doors close and someone is walking in and they do that thing where their shoulders are hunched and they have their headphones in and they're, they're not spatially aware of things mm-hmm. and they don't have to say anything to you, but you know, immediately the energy that that person mm-hmm. is doing. It's the same in an audition. An audition is literally sitting on the subway and having people come in at a different stop. And you can feel exactly what each person's day is based mm-hmm. on how they walk into that room. Yeah? I yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah. Hey, thanks. I want to create like a animation of that. I don't know how it would work. But anyways. <laughs> He's um, like, and now I'm going back to school for animation training. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> hey, Disney, are you there? <laughs> Have you found that certain actors that come in for you repeatedly are from similar schools or from certain MFA programs or do do I bring those people in on purpose? Sure. Sure. Or the ones that are sent to you, or I'm just curious, you know, after being in this business, do you think it's, would you give the advice to certain actors who either aren't where they are, aren't at the place they want to be in their career to go to a certain MFA school or to, even if they're younger, a certain undergrad as in, uh, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, real quick about MFA programs. Mm-hmm. Do not go to an MFA program unless you want to be educated more, right? If you're going, I fully disperped. You're welcome, guys. Um, <laughs> We're not editing great. it. Out. No, it was, it was cute. It was like a little one. Um, 
I'm a human. <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah. Don't go to an MFA program unless you really are desiring more of an education. I think a lot of people use an MFA program as a means of like, oh, well, this isn't working. My hustle isn't working. So I'm going to go someplace else. And then hopefully in four years or three years when I come back, it'll be better. Or that showcase will be different than my undergraduate showcase. Mm -hmm. Or people will pay attention to me more because now I've gone to this program. And those things might happen. Like that might be the reality, yes. But I think when people use MFA programs as an escape from their reality, that's not the answer. It should never be uh, running away. It should be running too if you're going to do an MFA program. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, clearly Yale, people pay attention, right? Like mm-hmm. Julia, all of these places, people pay attention to those programs. Um, rightfully so. They train beautiful actors. Uh, and the connections that you get from certain programs are real. This is like any other business. When people are like, it's so screwed up. People who go to Michigan always get jobs. I'm like, well, in any, in, in any industry across the board, mm-hmm. there are programs, there are yeah. business schools that people go to to find their next people. There are, you know, yeah. medical schools. There yeah, are if you're going to Johns Hopkins programs. at Harvard for right. medical law It's school. not just... Just, yeah. It's not just theater. And, and I think the difference is, you know, actors, I'm saying this as someone who trained in theater and was a professional actor, like we are highly emotional beings. Yes, we are connected to our bodies. We are connected to our spirits, hopefully, and to our brains. So I think we feel things in a way that a lot of other people don't. So we become highly emotional about the business aspects of what this is. But the reality is our business is not that different from any other business. Um, it's just we are the product and that's the the difference. So yeah, I think, you know, we know the top five like musical theater schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Like we know Michigan's always going to be on the top. And those people tend to get a lot of jobs because people know what the training is there. And there's an expectation for a certain type of performer, which is not everybody's cup of tea, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, but if you're looking for a certain type of performer, a lot of times they're going to come out of Michigan yeah. and they're going to be really well trained, right? Like they're going to, they're going to show up for say of rehearsal and they're going to do the work. Um, but there are lots of other programs and there are different kind of people in casting with different opinions. I, for me, I don't necessarily love shiny, shiny performers. Uh, that's not my bag. That's not the work that I work on. I don't, shiny, shiny is always going to be Telsey, right? Like every, they're going to do it better than anybody else. Shiny, shiny is their bag. Um, I tend to work on projects that are a little more gritty or weird or quirky or offbeat. Um, And so I tend to go to smaller, I love showcases of smaller programs that people don't necessarily know. Um, And I love finding humans there. I love finding humans at comedy, you know, clubs. I go see weird shows in church basements. Like I like to do that kind of work. It's fun for me. Um, So for me, I don't really care where you went to school. Mm -hmm. I know something about your training though depending on where you went to school, Uh, just like any other program. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking for someone who can land a clean double on the left, kick their face, fall into a split and sing a high, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you went to Michigan, I know you can do that. Right. That's an expectation of that training. Ah. Yeah. I can just, for for the record, I can do that. You're missing it. He just landed a clean triple on the left. It was so beautiful. It's actually a quad. You you may have missed that. I was counted, dude. It was so good. Wow. In socks, y'all. I mean, come on. This is impressive. (laughs) Oh wow, that's that's super insightful. Um, I have so many questions to ask, but asking those questions, I think, would just be super inappropriate. Because now, because oh, now, I just want to be like, oh, what do you think of certain programs? But I think that's not the point we're trying to get across. Here's the thing: here. every program has its highs and its lows. Sure, no matter what program it is. Mm-hmm. 
for me and for my money, the program that you choose to go to has to be about you and what you want to get out of it. If you want to be the big fish in a small pond and get all of those credits and have a stacked resume, go to a smaller program. If you want to get a certain kind of training and a certain kind of connection, think about that. That's your job. And then think about your life is more than just that one showcase and start doing the work to connect to people in New York or the city that you want to go to from your freshman year. I have a really great example. There's this guy who is a senior at Coastal Carolina this year, which has a wonderful up and coming program. He found me on Instagram two years ago. He followed me. He found me on Facebook. He started sending me messages. This guy got me because he found me. He got the head of the department at Coastal Carolina to bring me down to do a workshop. So I got to meet the entire senior class there and all of those actors. Mm -hmm. He was doing the work to build a relationship with someone based in New York from the time he was a sophomore in college. That is the kind of stuff. It doesn't matter what program you're Mm -hmm. at. Like that's about you. I have to be honest. Do you ever or do you think your colleagues would ever find that creepy? Sure, sure. I mean, listen, this is a subjective field. Yes, totally. So people who've been doing this who are in their 60s now, that's probably not how they prefer to be talked to. I am the same age as a lot of people. So so for me, I actively use social media as a Mm. platform of connection to performers. So it wasn't creepy for me. I mean, there have been some creepy incidences, um, but... You know, that's the reality, I think, across, like, every, yeah. everybody gets creepy stuff on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but this was very professional. Absolutely. He was very professional about the way that he reached out to me. Absolutely. So it doesn't bother me. And I always have the opportunity to hit delete, right? Like, I so don't, true. I don't right. have to engage with people. It's really about intent, I guess. Yeah, and I think that you really have to do your research on how people like to be contacted. I'm super open about everything mm-hmm. <laughs> burping on podcasts <laughs> so but there are some people who are much more private about their lives I really respect that mm-hmm. that's not um that was the thing that held me back from being a performer so I never want to be that I don't ever want to be behind a wall from someone or high in a tower because my job is perceived power it's not real power and I always want to remind people of that truth absolutely I'm curious for actors using social media um is it a is it a a requirement that they're active on that? Because I know I'm personally in the midst of a hiatus from Instagram, which is my social media of choice. Typically, um, it's, your, it's your poison. It really is. It yeah. really is. And like, I actually had my best my one of my best childhood friends. He was in town two weeks ago, and he sat down right where you're sitting. And he was just like, yeah, my, uh, my, my dad wanted me to pass along a message. He said, tell Richie, I haven't seen him post in a while. And then he has to keep it going and don't cut the hair. And I was just like, this is a person who lives in a different country. <laughs> I haven't spoken to in probably like 15 years yeah. and, and has these things and is not in the arts and is saying this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. People do pay attention, but uh, I'm I'm curious if it, mm-hmm. if we're on a hiatus um, that reflects poorly on us. No, here's the deal. I always say this: you either need to be really good at social media mm-hmm. or don't do it at all. Right? It's the people who waste their time kind of in between that I think are a little silly, a little stupid. Um, I use social media. It helps me connect to people. It helps my business. I get stuff for free because I've built a brand where people send me stuff. I get to go on trips. Mm -hmm. I get free food. Like I use social media as a part of my business. That is why I invest my time in it. Mm -hmm. Um, If I didn't, if I wasn't getting cool stuff, if it wasn't helping me meet actors, I would literally not be on it. 
And I think people waste so much of their time just scrolling and double tapping and liking that I wish instead of wasting their time on social media, they would like go take a class or like go for a walk or listen to a podcast or do something else. So for me, I think you should either invest fully in it and make it a product that is something that is worth seeing, right? Like Instagram is a free digital magazine of your life. Anything you want to share, it's a free platform. Facebook is a free platform. YouTube is a free platform to create your own TV show. Like these things didn't exist when I was 20. If they had, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd be right now. But that's, I think that's the thing though. It's just like, while it's so great, at the same time, it can also feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There's so many avenues to go down and. So pick one. Yeah. Pick one and be really fucking good at it. Right? Like yeah. I'm really fucking good at Instagram. It's it's my bag. I'm really good at it. Yeah. I for me it is an expression of art. It is a way to cultivate beautiful images and talk about things I care about. Like I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love it. Um You're also really good at Facebook. Hey, I'm thanks. just gonna say it. <laughs> Your posts are kinda I I I don't know if you'll love this parallel, but I, I think they're kinda like to me Jen Tepper's Facebook posts where it's super inspiring or informative, especially yours are, are, are super inspiring. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I do need Jen to Jen are also amazing. Access. He shared <laughs> one of her posts the other day. It's true. I mean, like, tr- like they're different than mine though because she figured it out, right? So she has her thing. She is a theatrical historian through and through. And so she shares those things like on Facebook mm. in a way that is inspiring through history. But anyways, social media, long story short, I think you either need to be really good at it or just stop. But if you are an actor and you have decided that social media is just like not your bag, you don't want to invest your time in it, you must have a website mm-hmm. and it must have footage that I can click and watch you doing what you do on. I have to be able to find your digital portfolio, which is your website, um, and be able to find things that are useful for you. But I have been known to like go into people's Instagram and rip videos from their Instagram and upload them to things that I'm pitching to creative teams. I literally did that yesterday. You're kidding. Oh, I do this. I am a professional stalker. That is actually my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I have this person that I really wanted to pitch to a creative team uh, and his website didn't have any video footage and I scoured YouTube and I scoured shows that I knew he'd done but nothing was him featured so I literally went to his Instagram found videos of him playing his guitar at a bar and ripped them from like keepvid.com and uploaded them to my system to share and now he's playing guy in once (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't for once but he'd be a great guy in once actually yeah so for for majority of the actors you cast do you go to like do you check on their Instagram and stuff like that I would say like 95% of the time yes Damn. Hmm. Damn. Um, when, you, when you're looking for videos, yeah. I didn't go to an MT program, but I do MT. Yeah. Are you looking for performance videos? No. I mean, if you have them, that's awesome. But truly, I don't care if it's you standing in front of your wall with an iPhone singing to a karaoke track. I don't, yeah. I don't care. I just need to see footage of you singing and telling a story. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the quality of the footage. I don't care if it's in context of a show. Mm-hmm. I just need to see you doing the thing. And an audio recording isn't the same. It's not the same. I'm not paying you to be, you know, a, a singer a on a record yeah. label. Yeah. Like I'm paying you. I'm not paying anybody exactly. anything. No, I get it. But you know, yeah. yeah. It's not the same to have like a uh, an auto tuned track. Mm-mm. If you're going in for a VO audition, then like mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're not. You're going in for a Broadway show. You're not standing behind a curtain. A curtain? Did you hear me say that? A curtain. A curtain. Um, curtain. You're not standing behind a curtain. You're 
you know, Absolutely. So you're talking about how um, some actors have reached out to you via Instagram, Facebook, social media platforms. Yes, I'm yes. curious because I have known uh, mostly older casting directors want, you know, literal thing, uh, resumes, headshots sent to them in the mail. Have you found that either at your office or other offices, what is the best way that you have found people to con- uh, I'm a completely you? paper-free office. So oh, unless really? a creative team asks for headshots and resumes in the space, um, the only time that I take headshots and resumes are at open calls because I can't, I have no control of like who's coming in. I can't yeah. prep mm-hmm. a session, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, everything is done. I, I download tablets with all your headshots and resumes for everybody on the creative team so that you don't have to like spend your money which is why I need people to update their actors access because that is the platform that feeds into the service that most casting directors use Hmm. so what your resume says there is the resume that I show casting director or show creative teams Mm -hmm. um so that's why I'm like please 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 update your stuff so that when I share you with somebody they know um unless the creative team says we really like paper and we like to write notes on it then okay we do that um I don't like to have stuff sent to me I think it's a waste of your money like Mm -hmm. why are you putting your headshots that cost so much money in the mail to us nine times out of ten they get thrown in the trash anyways in every office that I've worked in that's pretty much the case Mm -hmm. um So for me, you know, there's a way to submit to me directly. I do once a quarter. I have a form that you can fill out online where you can upload everything directly to my office. Um, It says everything I could ever want to know about you on the form. I do it once a quarter. You can update that. Um, I also take email submissions at, you know, submissions at, whatever. Um, And I find more and more that more offices are, going towards a digital platform. Do you think people actually read those? Do you read, or do people, your associates read them? Yeah. I mean, I think we read them as much as we've read other stuff before, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, there, there, mem- there's always an assistant whose job is to comb through those things. Do not underestimate an assistant. I, assistants become associates become cds i was an assistant five years ago right like yeah do not underestimate us but <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i especially read them right when i'm looking for something i i'm probably not going to respond immediately to a submission i'm not going to send an email back that's like thank you so much for sending this like, yeah. i get hundreds and hundreds of emails a day but when you fill out that submission spreadsheet you know form that I do once a quarter I sift through that all the time I mean I look through that once or twice a day for people when I'm creating sessions so mm-hmm. what are your thoughts let's get super specific now what are your thoughts on um uh what is it special notes in the actor's access yeah is that what it is yeah is um so special notes are really useful especially if you don't know the casting director or you don't know the team or there is something that um is really specific about the show that you do really well mm-hmm. especially like if you speak a foreign language and the show is looking for someone who speaks farsi right mm-hmm. like you if you write in that special note speaks italian um that pops up and is right there when I'm sorting through the hundreds of submissions, which is really useful, especially if we're doing, you know, light in the piazza and I need someone who really does speak Italian. That's really helpful. When you write a big note, just know that the only thing I will see when I'm scrolling through is about four words. Hmm. So if you write a big long note, I have to scroll over the note and then it becomes bigger. And nine times out of 10 people won't do that. I've been saying nine times out of 10 a lot. No, this one might be seven times out of 10. (laughs) Um, but, but, um, you know, if it's something quick to the point, right? Like excellent rapper in there, or like if there's a super specific height requirement, you're like, 
actually five, six, right? Mm-hmm. And you put it, those things actually do really stand out in a submission, mm-hmm. but be smart and brief. You don't have to do the whole like, dear Miss Lumpkin, thank you so much. I'm really interested in this project. I know you're to interested in this project. May concern. You submitted, That's right? That's really useful information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I know you're interested in the project you submitted for it. I don't need you to tell me you're interested. But if there's something that's really useful. Like um, I just uh, did submissions for Celebrity Cruises. I cast all their mm-hmm. ships. And someone put that they had like a universal passport. That's super, super useful for cruises because we have to schedule people based on how quickly we can get them all their visas, right? Mm-hmm. If someone has access to every country, that person can literally be on a ship in two weeks and we don't have to worry about any of the visa situations. That kind of thing, put that in a, in a note. Are Canadian passports easy to work with? Yes. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. Stuff like that can really actually make you stand out. When people write a diatribe for no reason, that isn't necessarily something that's super helpful. Especially if the diatribe is like, I just think this project is neat. I think this project is neat too. That's why I'm working on it. That doesn't help me with anything in terms of getting you in the room. Definitely. Uh, On that note, I have a new game. Yeah, game. <laughs> love games. I was, I was, I was actually writing this earlier today at rehearsal. I was like, oh, what would be fun? So I have, and this is, is a, it a word association game? Uh, not necessarily. It's Ooh, more of a. Let's do that too. But it's you more go. of a fill in the blanks. Great, great. Oh, like a Mad um, Lib. Yes. Great. Uh, and I've titled it "Complete This Sentence." Oh, sure, sure. I hope this works. <laughs> hey, actor. Coming to the audition, blank. Prepared. Boom. Hey, actor, if you blank, then please blank. You could take that any which way. Hey, actor, if you mess up, please do not apologize. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh. Even in there. Always. Always. You're a human being. That's the art. That's the art. Messing up is the art. Don't make a thousand excuses. Don't don't apologize. Mm-hmm. Just s- either say like, let's do it again. Can we play? Can we just do it one more time? Or just own that like you're a human being who makes mistakes and that all of us at the table are also the same way. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I hate more than like, I'm, my throat really hurts. I'm like, I, I trained, I know. I can hear when you're sick. Yeah. But you showed up for a reason, so just fight for it. Yeah. Last one. Yeah. Hey, actor, don't blank on Instagram. <laughs> oh, 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 you can give us a multiple choice on that one. <laughs> Don't yeah. blank, blank, blank on Instagram. Don't fuck it up on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't, don't be a gross alcoholic on Instagram. Don't, uh, say inappropriately racist things on Instagram. Don't, uh, be a gross human on Instagram. Cause mm. we'll see it. We'll see it. And especially for things like if I'm hiring for a national tour or a cruise ship where you are literally going to be with people for six to nine months. Yeah, hopefully, knock wood, that these things go well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have to take into consideration how you are going to interact with other people for that period of time. Mm-hmm. That is a part of your job. It's not just your art on stage when you are a part of a traveling familial experience. So if you're gross and you're saying really inappropriate things or you're doing inappropriate things, like I honor that you're a human who's allowed to have any sort of life that you want to lead. But 
you're also representing a company at that point. Um, and everything that you put out is representative of every team member of that company. So these things are taken into consideration. I'm not saying you won't get the job. There are plenty of gross humans who have jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, That's real life. Talent wins at the end of the day. But if you think it's not a part of the equation, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. So you're advising people to not Instagram story them eating nachos on like a four times a week basis. No, but that's my dream life. <laughs> so if they're doing that, we'll be best friends. Is the reality. deleted Instagram. <laughs> no, that's, that's my ideal date. It's, it's... four nacho places mm. in a row. I would Do you have a favorite nacho past... in the city? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, oh tell yes. us. <laughs> tell us. I mean, to be perfectly frank, I make the best nachos in the city. Wow. I'm also a vegetarian. So Me it's too. tricky to find okay. like a great nacho. Oh, wait, what was the place? Hold on. Yep. Yep. There's my favorite nachos. Tell us. Look it are up. At tell this. us. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm turning that cell service back on. Do it. Um, my favorite nachos are at this vegan Mexican restaurant. Sounds so gross, but yep. it's so amazing. And it is called... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J-A, J-A, J-A. You can see these pictures of these nachos. They are out of this world. Um, It's actually really close to here. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Um, And We're in Lower East Side. Yeah, it's Lower East Side. The East Village. Okay. Yummy. East Village, not the Lower East Side. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Yonkers. (laughs) I'm like, you know that place upstate. Um, They're really incredible. But truly, I would, my, like, my guilty pleasure nacho mm-hmm. is like a, to- a Tostito uh, scoop with Rotel and Velveeta. Do you guys know about yeah. like bootleg oil cheese nacho? Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Just like the worst. Oh. I'll eat anything. It's like, it's so delicious. The only thing I will Jalapenos? not do. Jalapenos? Jalapenos? For sure. The okay. only thing that's not a nacho is when someone does like a, sh- a bag shredded cheese on a chip in the microwave. Mm. Nope. That's not a nacho. That is disgusting. Ah! That's microwaved chip that is microwave chip with with fake cheese fake no i'm not here for it i will not i will not participate okay so question for you (laughs) nice transition so if you are a early career actor and you are traveling to new york city yes or la but let's stick with new york city or chicago or 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 seattle or dc or atlanta everywhere there's so many incredible so many places pockets so many places but i guess we'll stick with new york because we're in new york sure sure what would be your and they they don't have many connections and they just want to come and act in New York City, um, exactly as one does. And I am curious, what would be your first three tips you would give someone? Do not come here unless you have a specific point of view mm-hmm. as to why you want to tell stories and who the hell you are on this planet, because this city is big and loud and there are a lot of people who want to do this there are a lot of really talented people who want to do this Mm -hmm. and if you don't know how your life impacts the way that you speak text then you shouldn't come here yet you got to figure that piece out first and then in order to make connections I would say if you're a singer find a really good voice teacher that should be your first point of reference someone who's going to not only like teach you but will also have bigger connections beyond you to help you move in that way and if you're an actor I would say find a great acting coach as well Mm -hmm. yes that means you have to pay somebody but pay someone who's going to help teach you and then help you meet the Mm -hmm. other people someone who's really on your team um, and help continue your growth as a performer Mm -hmm. Um, and then (sighs) I would also reach out and 
find a mentor. Like, just ask. There's nothing sexier than getting an email from someone that says, I think you're really good at the thing you do, and I want to learn from you. Like, when I get that email, I'm like, oh, you do? Really? You think I'm good at this thing? <laughs> I love Oh, I'm a fraud, but okay. <laughs> like, you know, so it's nice. And so I want to help those people who see who see the thing that you're doing and they, they appreciate it and they want to learn from you. So I say like, find those people and just ask them to be helpers. The people that I want to help and that I want to work with are the people that I help get jobs, right? Like once, once I feel like they are like trained and good and all the things, once I've worked with an actor who I'm like, Oh, it's not this project, but damn, they're so good. Yeah. Then all I want to do is get them in the room for the next thing. Right. And help them. Um, so my, my thoughts are know who the hell you are, Mm -hmm. find a great teacher and ask everybody for help. Don't be scared. It's the people who are scared to ask questions who fail. I was so scared to ask questions when I first moved here. I guarantee you all that bullshit I said at the top of like, these things didn't exist. They probably did. There were probably a lot of resources, but I was so scared to admit that I didn't know what the hell I was doing Mm -hmm. that I stopped myself from doing anything. And that is my biggest regret in this life, that I was too scared to ask questions. Um, Because who knows what my life would look like. I love my life right now. I'm grateful for my journey and Mm -hmm. I'm so proud to be where I am. I worked my ass off to be here. But I don't know what my life would look like if I just had the courage to say, I don't know. Help me, please. And I didn't have that courage. So mm-hmm. be courageous enough to say you don't know. That's my number one rule if you come to New York. Mm-hmm. But I just want to be on the Broadway. Why? That's my number one question. Why yeah. does it have to be Broadway as well? Um, what? Why? Why does it have mm-hmm. to be that thing? Is that the art that you actually want to be making? Or is yeah. it that you just feel like you want to be on Broadway.com and you want people to know your name? There are lots of ways to do that. There are lots of ways to be famous that don't involve mm-hmm. this grind. Is it because you really want to walk into that stage door every day and feel amazing? There are lots of stage doors to walk into. Why does it have to be Broadway? Mm-hmm. Set your sights on the things you actually want to be making. And if that is the stuff you actually want to be making, okay. But if it's not, let that dream be what it is and move on to the people and places and things that are making the art that you actually give a fuck about. Don't let the name, this mythology of Broadway, yeah. like make you suffer for any reason. Mm-hmm. There's no, it, it doesn't care. Yeah. It certainly doesn't give a shit how you feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not real. What is it? That just means it's a theater with 499 plus seats. That's it though. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The St. James does not give a shit how you feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't. I found that a lot of Maybe actors. Maybe it does. Me. May- Maybe it has a soul. Maybe the St. James, James has a soul. Only Saint, one. <laughs> maybe, maybe JB just wants to give us a nice hug. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I find that a lot of actors who maybe just graduated or are Andrew or my age are usually going to things such as one-on-one or Actors Connection are doing those constantly over and over and over again. And it can be really daunting to do them, you know, 25, 30 times. And you get, a, you know, an email here from someone, a discussion afterwards with someone briefly, maybe an audition here, but really nothing, nothing comes from it. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on atmospheres like that where you keep doing something over and over and over again and su- such as like one-on-one or Actors Connection? What you, I'm, I would love to know your advice on those kind of things. Well, first and foremost, we know the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting a different result, it right? It is. So if you're not getting the results that you want from that product yeah. um, of, of an experience, mm-hmm. then we need to reevaluate how you are approaching that. 
that is just something to consider. Um, I don't participate in pay for play Mm -hmm. because if someone's going to pay me for a service, I really want them to feel like they've learned something or that it's a workshop experience or that they're having a coaching with me one-on-one. Um, I, I, I understand. Here's the deal. Casting directors make no money. We are, we make no money. (laughs) We make very limited money. Mm. Um, so I understand that there's this incredible need to meet new talent and also people need to eat. (laughs) So I understand why pay for play has come about. It's a wonderful way for people to meet talent, give some feedback, um, and also eat food, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is very important. Um, I like nacho money, right? (laughs) Um, but for me, uh, pay for play kind of feels like you're paying for an audition, which is paying for a job interview, which feels icky to me. So I don't really participate in it. I host workshops and I do one-on-one coachings. And that Mm -hmm. for me, if someone's going to come to be with me, I want them to walk away and feel like, no, I really got something out of that. And time and time again, as I was trying to decide whether I was going to go to those places and Mm work, um, I would hear people be like, no, I spend all this money and I sing two bar, like I sing 16 bars and then someone takes my headshot and they say like, oh, wear a different dress. And then that's the night. And I just like, I can't do that. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I've never done it. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Um, so, you know, there's one place that I think does it right. And I think that's Actors Launchpad because you pay a $20 fee for unlimited classes. That to me, listen, I think that's smart. Um, and part of me kind of wants to go teach there. Yeah. Um, just because I'd love to be able to have a, a night full of meeting new people. That sounds awesome. Um, but so I get it. Uh, unfortunately, it is a great way to meet people. It's kind of the system that we have right now. Um, And, you know, I do generals once a month where I try to meet 20 people in one day and I do that as a free service. But a lot of people can't do that. And this is a great way for them to to meet people. Um, I wish I had a better answer for you about how that process works. I think it is a tricky process. I think it is... um, it's necessary for a lot of people in casting to be able to function and do mm-hmm. their job, um, both from meeting people and from paying their bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are a lot of actors who have gotten work and have gotten agents. Definitely. And, and it is it is a useful service. I think it is a, um, an imperfect system and we need to make it better. Uh, but I do think if you're not getting what you want out of it, I think it might be taking the time to figure out who you actually need to meet. Like don't throw spaghetti against the wall and just be like, well, these are the times I have available this week. So I'm going to go to those people. It's Mm -hmm. about being really strategic about who you're meeting and making sure you're right for the projects that they do. Um, And then also really, really, really making sure that your work showcases exactly who you are in the world and that you're not trying to imitate somebody else or you're not trying to fit into some sort of mold or some sort of box um, because you are trying to convince people of what like list to put you on. Mm. Um, and I always say, try to be the person that creates the new list, not the third name on the list that already exists. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then I'm curious, I book a one-on-one, first of all, I don't know the logistics of it, but scheduling a one-on-one session with you, how would that work? You go to my website and you go to my coaching tab and then it clicks right into my coaching calendar and you click a button and, uh, then you have it booked. Okay, and then I meet up with you yep. at that location. What is that? So it depends on hour min hour thirty hour meeting well, thirty, 30 minute, hour. an hour thirty hour minute. Oh my god, the thirty <laughs> hour coaching. Can we have a sleepover? Oh my god, is that what this is? Inappropriate. No, I did not give you consent for that. Um, so 
it's an hour usually. And I always ask what people want to work on, right? So some people come to me and we do kind of career coaching. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. frustrated. I want to figure out a plan. Or um, some people are like, I have material for an audition and I want to work through that material. Uh, some people are like, I want to figure out some stuff, new stuff for my book. Uh, can you help me figure out what works for me? I have a lot of people who want to do through line coaching, which is where I kind of help them figure out what worlds they really live in, what work really suits them. Um, so I can kind of do what I, I've had some people who say, will you take me shopping? Cause I need, really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's I've great. done like personal shopping for people, um, to like figure out what to wear in an audition. Like, what do I wear? How do I, how do I do this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's tricky for a lot of people style, you know, personal adornment is the first thing that we'd share showcase, um, as humans that tell people who we are, our mm-hmm. haircuts, our tattoos. This is the truth universally around the world for mm-hmm. millennia. Um, and that's tricky for a lot of people to figure out. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. That's not true. I won't do whatever that you want. That rule will be cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I will do, uh, we talk about it before the session to figure out what you need to get from it. And if yeah. I can make that a reality for you. Great. So a session eating vegan nachos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you... <laughs> I will pay for it. <laughs> oh my God. If you want to pay for an hour of eating nachos, I will show the, the fuck up. Like, at one point need to go out for... <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready Absolutely. for that life. Absolutely. Oh my God. That would actually be the greatest coaching ever. If someone's like, hey, no, I just like wanted to pay to like hang out and eat nachos and talk yeah. about shit. I'd be like, Let's yes, where are we going? <laughs> as long as it's not blockheads, I'm in. So I think something that is definitely always on the mind for act, mind of actors is type. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on it? And when an actor comes into a room, your thought process, does it, does it ever go to, oh, okay, that person reminds me of this person. Something that a, a, a director once said to me was, when you go into a casting, uh, a casting office or even an agent's office, you should be able to say the three actors that you could either play their roles right now on TV, film, theater, or actors yeah. you want to have in a That is career. so fucking limiting, and I want to punch that person Seriously. in the face. My hands are sweating right now. <laughs> but but they said, you should be able to name those people off the top of your head. Hey, I want to be Emma Stone, Kate Blanchett, Allison Janney. Those might have been my three. I love it. I was like, okay, Allison hey, Jenny. Okay, okay, I the jackal it. over here. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, oh. God, she likes the West. Wing. It's my favorite show on television. It's, it's easily the best show that's ever been created. You know, for television. It's, it's probably his favorite it's show. It's the greatest too. show. It's the greatest show that's ever been on television. I've seen every episode over nine. Can times. I tell you a great story, real fast, and then I'll answer your question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I had the most wonderful assistant I've ever had. He's just tremendous, and he recently left my office. The first project that we cast together. Uh, was a project called The Other Side of Paradise, which was about F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda. I'm going to cry thinking about it. And he, on his last day, uh, we were working out of my home office, and he left a a first edition copy of This Side of Paradise, and inside it said, Let Lumpkin Be Lumpkin. (laughs) And I opened that book and stood in my kitchen and cried for about 30 minutes. It, It was, yeah. It was an incredible moment. So now I have a big poster in my office that just says, let Lumpkin be Lumpkin. And I give no fucks anymore. So here's the thing about type. Um, I, I'm pretty vocal about the fact that I don't believe in type. Um, that's something that I know is pretty much only me mm-hmm. <laughs> in this industry right now. But I think type is such an antiquated idea. Mm-hmm. Um, type comes out of a world that wasn't having the conversations that we're having now. Um, type comes out of a world of segregation. Type comes out of... Um, a world that we're not in anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we people 
should not be put into a, like a checkbox mm-hmm. of what stories they can tell. Um, and I think that we are seeing, you know, more and more and more that is being broken, right? We are realizing that like people of size can fall in love. Oh my God, what? Crazy. Wow. Like people who yeah. weigh more than 125 pounds are allowed to make out. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Like that's, that's happening now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, we're seeing more and more people of color. We're seeing more people with disabilities in, in romantic leading stories. Um, this is exciting. We weren't having this conversation three years ago, mm-hmm. literally three years ago. And now this conversation is the dominating um, reality of every casting session, of every panel discussion. It's like, the conversation. It's the conversation. I feel yeah. very privileged to be a kind of the epicenter of, of this conversation. Really amazing. It's difficult. It's a difficult conversation and I'm super aware that I don't always get it right, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, but I'm, I'm open to any conversation. I think that's really affecting the way that people look at what type is. And I think mm-hmm. there are still certain offices that will always have that thing. There are certain mm-hmm. people that will always have that thing. And I think that's not to be blamed, right? Like that is, we all get in patterns of what our lives and our jobs and our, our careers look like. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame anyone for still believing that type is a thing. Um, but more and more, I think as new productions, new plays, new musicals are being written, we also see that this kind of notion of type, Evan Hansen would never have been a character that was written 10 years ago. Like to have the lead of a musical be someone who um, is on the spectrum, who like has like a romantic moment, but it like, uh, the that character yeah. wouldn't have existed 10 years yeah, ago, the right? The man. non like uh, sexy leading man, like it, that character didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it does. And it wins Tony Awards, right? Yeah. So I think as we see more interesting work being produced, brave work being written, and um, as we continue to have these conversations, the idea of type is going to shift. It's going to go away. Um, how do we handle the people who can't, understand that or grasp that is tricky how do we navigate people who still believe that like the sidekick has to be like a larger person and has to be funny and the romantic lead has to be teeny tiny and like oh with bambi eyes like we must talk like this if we're a woman in the lead of a show like no you don't (laughs) no woman actually talks like that um i think that every audition is an opportunity to educate the person behind the table on what a character can be and who you are. Um, so the more and more we try, it's an act of bravery to do something that is different. Mm-hmm. But I think the more and more actors show up and say, this character could be this thing and I'm going to show you that, knowing that they might not get the job because of that. Mm-hmm. That is how we're going to get people to change their minds. Um, and also hiring new casting directors is going to be really important. People willing to take risks on younger people or it doesn't have to be younger people who have a different idea of how to cast it's going to be really important moving forward and creative teams across the board absolutely so i've sort of like a two-parter follow-up to that great the first one is so i was i was i've been thinking about this topic and um when i limit myself to the the auditions i go out for is that a is that a i guess it is a personal thing basically what i'm saying is the the role in my head is like oh we're looking for a uh, um, a, a Caucasian male who's like a, a fit Caucasian male who's X Y Z and gives these roles and in my head it's and and this isn't necessarily like we're looking for someone six two and I'm five ten this is more of the we're looking for a Caucasian male in my head I think oh they probably want someone like 
in perfect shape with a six pack and I don't have that. So I'm not going to go. Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like no one would be mad if Chris Pine showed up. <laughs> I know. But, wouldn't be mad. Um, am I, am I better off? Is, is my sort of psychological state wrong in that, in that sense? Like, should I be going to those auditions and just giving them a different perspective on that character or, do I look at that? Are oh, we talking in like an open call situation? Sure, yeah. Or a submission? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. If the breakdown is so specific that it says Caucasian male fit, whatever, um, in this current climate, if someone is putting Caucasian on their breakdown, it's probably actually for a reason. It, it must be in the text that that person is supposed to be not a person of color. Because at this point, the reality is every single breakdown, we shouldn't have to say, I cannot wait for the day when I don't have to say like diversity strongly encouraged. Like I can't wait for the day where it's just like, well, that's the assumption. Yeah. Like unless it is specific in the text, then it, you know, I can't, I'm mm. like very excited for that day. I can't mm -hmm. wait. Um, but if it's, if it's in that breakdown that that person is not, is, is definitely Caucasian and super fit, um, it's probably for a reason. Um, However, if you feel like, based on the the rest of the breakdown, um, and it's not like a historical figure, right? Like if it says Caucasian male and it's like Ulysses S. Grant and it's not Hamilton-esque, mm -hmm. we're not creating yeah. um like you have every right to show up for that open call. Like why not? At the end of the day, you will be seen and it might not be right for this, but you have an opportunity to showcase something about yourself for that. Um I do think, though, if something is very specific in a breakdown, uh, you have every right to show up and change someone's mind. But a lot of the times, if it's super specific now, it's probably text-based that that's why it says that. So I'm curious on the second part to this. And the second part to this question is... Let's I do want to do one follow-up, though. If you are making the assumption, not you, but like the the general you, that some someone is white unless specified not white, then that is something that needs to change. Mm -hmm. That And that is a process that is for a lot of actors, is if something is not specified, do not make the assumption that it is not, um, that it is for someone who is not a person of color. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's a big mind shift. Yeah. Because for a long time, that was the truth. If right. it wasn't specified then That's should I not go out for the it? The norm, right? essentially. Gotcha. Um, then then the, the second part to my question is, if the role is al already established, mm -hmm. let's take, for example, Evan Hansen. Sure. I look at that role and I'm just like, oh, I would love to play that role. Do I look like that person? No. Do I think I could be that person? Yes. And then there's that gap of... Mm -hmm. Is that a bridge that can be crossed? And I'm curious what your thoughts are on, yeah, on, on those situations. One. So I can't speak to Evan Hansen because clearly that's not my baby. Mm -hmm. I would love if it was. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's Tara's office. And so I can't speak to that show particularly. But I think in general, I mean, for me, for my money, certain projects, right, costumes cost 
$5,000 to make. Um, and some people, some production creative teams are like very specific. We have to have someone who fits the costume. I think that's a really antiquated tradition, but it's also not my $5,000. So like, I don't get to make that decision. Mm -hmm. I don't get to make any decisions. That's also something <laughs> I'd like to say. I wish I did, but I don't get to make any final decisions. Um, but I do think that we're seeing more and more that replacements don't necessarily have to be the exact same thing. Like when we think about like, um, Molly Griggs replaced Beanie Feldstein in Hello Dolly. Mm -hmm. They, they don't look the same. They have, um, similar energies and they, uh, bring something very different though to that part. Both of them have very different personalities. Um, and they definitely are not physically exactly the same. So I think we are seeing that, you know, replacement casts don't necessarily have to be the spitting image of the person who was before them physically, emotionally, performance wise. Um, but that, I mean, it's such a, it depends on the team, right? Like it depends on if the producers are willing to take a risk on somebody, if they are willing to do that. Um, and that comes down to the money a mm -hmm. lot of times, not to casting. Yeah. That yeah. comes down to, okay, we have a replacement call. What's, what's the idea here? Is there an agenda to this replacement? Do we need to bring in a star? Do we want to bring in an unknown? Do we want to try something totally different? those kind of questions and meetings happen and and all of that is comes down to money and, and direction. Yeah. I just think it's 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 super helpful to get, to gain insight into that area that there are there are so many other factors that don't revolve around you. There's the yeah. costumes, there's the vision. I'm gonna drop a bomb right now. It's like never about you. <laughs> Mm. it's not, it's really not like if you have gone to school and you're trained and you have a beautiful instrument and you feel confident in your craft like the reality is there are a lot of other people who also feel confident in their craft and it it is it is a massive puzzle and there's so many pieces and it's like a puzz 3d it's like how do you remember puzz 3d yeah. right like i try to describe every show as like a puzz 3d but like the biggest one like the tower of london puzz 3d and yeah. like you are one tiny piece in that massive puzzle that took kids like literally six weeks to build was that just me okay <laughs> um, but like at the end of the day it, you can't control the way that you were cut. You can't control the way that, you know, what's printed on your piece, like none of those things. And if it just doesn't fit, it just doesn't fit. It has nothing to do with the quality of you, hmm. which is like the hardest reality. Then there's no control, right? Then it's yeah, like, oh, well, it's not about like fucking craft. Then well, that's so, that can be so frustrating. It's yeah. such oh a, my God. it's such a total dichotomy. Of but here's the thing. It's frustrating for me too, right? Like yeah. I don't get to do my job unless someone gives me a project. I'm the same as an actor in that way. Yeah. Like, I have to fight for my jobs. This isn't like I just, they just like show up. Yeah. I have to go out. I have to meet people. I have to convince people that they're willing to work with me. I have to do the whole thing. And then sometimes it'll just come down to, they don't want to work with a woman or like they don't think I'm old enough to do this job or my resume isn't good enough, right? Like ha I haven't done a Broadway show, so uh, we don't trust her. She hasn't done Broadway. Smack your head on the wall. Oh my like, God, oh right, my right. God. But mm. it's the same shit. How are you going to do a Broadway right? show unless they let you do a Broadway show? But literally, and then mm. I have this conversation with an actor who's like, well, they won't see me for a Broadway show because I don't have broad credit. I'm like, me too, squirrel. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's all... It goes back to your idea about this is not just the acting world. This is no. multiple businesses have mm -hmm. this type of structure. Yeah. And it is about the people who are willing to fight long enough. The people who care. It really is. Yeah. It's who's willing to run the fucking race. Right. Mm -hmm. And who's willing to keep putting in the work and saying, fine, you don't see it. Somebody else will. Um, I do it every day. 
I have to do it every day, just like you guys. And, you know, finally, someone will see it. And someone will say, yeah, I trust you with this. I can't wait. I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready. Like the phone yeah. is on, you know? Do you go to EPAs? Yeah. I love EPA days. Really? I'm obsessed with EPAs. Oh my God. Tell us why. Please because elaborate. It is, I, it's tough on the actor's end. No, it's, it's tough on everyone. On everyone's I sit end. in a room <laughs> with no <laughs> windows for eight hours. Kate is not super I open. Like, I know. I'm I was sorry. like, cute. You get to leave and get an ice cream at some I know, point. I, I have know. to sit there. That's actually, that is so true. I leave for five hours. Sorry. I'm in this. Equity and, and, and EMC. I know. I know. I'm sorry. That was, no. that's more of like actor self-centered world. Oh, I get but. it. Listen, I get it. But it's so funny. People are like, you don't even know. EPAs are so taxing. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. cute. I'm like, I have to sit in Pearl Studios with no windows. Yes. And that awful, like, medicinal lighting. You feel like you're in a OBGYN <laughs> watching, you know, people. Post-op. And, but, and I want to stay yeah, present you, the whole time, too, right? True. And, and be given. For hours. For hours. So it's it's a, that is a lot of work to be able to but, sit and be present yeah. for eight hours is taxing. But why do you love them? Because I get them? to meet the coolest noodle pops, right? Like... It, you get to find cool talent and, and uh, you know, there are often a couple crazies too, right? Like that's real life. That's sitting on the subway. Yeah. Who walks through the door? Um, but often those people are also so fascinating too. The and liquors. Come on. The, hmm. <laughs> that was an appointment. That's even oh, more mind boggling. Never mind. Um, no, but I, I have often found really cool talent um, at EPs and open calls. And especially I also love cruise ship open calls because lots of people come to those that don't even wouldn't even begin to think to go to an open call for like an off-Broadway show or like they're not even ready and you find these people who are just tremendously talented who have no resume or who I've been handed a construction worker resume once and the voice that came out of this human I was like what is happening you're incredible a construction worker oh yeah I got a resume that was literally this person's work as a construction worker and then they sang and I was like holy shit balls you are a tremendous talent right these moments don't happen in an appointment oh, I just got day goosebumps. yeah my job is really cool <laughs> That's um, amazing. yeah but you know that doesn't happen on an appointment day because everyone is you know represented and went to a school and walks in and does the thing and does the job epa days are interesting it's you never know what you're gonna get i've mm -hmm. had people hump a piano i've had you know but then i've also yeah, had I'm people sorry about that it was so good though <laughs> thank you no um, <laughs> but i but then i have people who stand up there and deliver a monologue and it just breaks your heart it breaks your heart how beautiful the work is. It's a gift. I love EPA days. The only thing I don't love is carrying the tote bag full of like 400 headshots through Times Square yeah. after that day because it's so heavy. And I always feel like I'm carrying a bag full of dreams. <laughs> was it your status that was like, I feel pride in like getting to the... Oh, uh, actually, it was special skills can get from the 17th floor of Ripley yes, that's what I read. to Tacuba yes. in under seven minutes during rush hour in the rain with 200 headshots. Well that done. is a special skill that's, and I'm very proud of that's it. That's a rare skill. Around Listen, how many people... I'm a badass. <laughs> around how many people do you see in one EPA day? Are we talking a play or a musical? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Both. Ooh, um, I mean... Gosh, it really depends, but it's definitely like. It'd be funny if you said the same number. I was like 150, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's around 200. Yeah. For both, 
maybe a little and less, maybe a little more. The, I mean, you wouldn't be there if you weren't really considering these. People. Yes, and the other reality you have to remember is even if I'm not actually considering you for this specific project, Something, I'm yeah. casting like twelve projects at a time. If you think I'm not also thinking about every other project, you're wrong. Just like if you went into an EPA for someone at Telsey and you came in and you weren't right for that project, but you were Alphaba, they're not going to be like, well, she wasn't auditioning for Alphaba, so we're definitely not going to see her. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not how this works. Our brains are this constant web of connection Absolutely. and so I'm I just want to meet cool people who want to tell stories and I want to be able to figure out what teams and what projects are going to be right for you hopefully it's the project I'm working on right then because then that solves my problem and I get paid but if it's not it might be something else well we're going to go into our last little segment we? wait before before oh, yes. we one yeah. last thing for you uh mm. can you talk to us quickly or as take as much time as you want about office hours Oh, sure, sure. Um, Every-ish Sunday night on Facebook, I do this Facebook Live for an hour from 6 to 7 p.m. that I call office hours. Just like in any college, right? Your professor sat and was there available for questions for you. I try to do the same thing. So it's a totally free um, live experience where I take any industry questions um, and try to answer them to the best of my ability, knowing that like my opinions are my own from my personal experience. Mm -hmm. If it resonates with you, awesome. If it doesn't, like turn it off. Um, So I take those questions for an hour and uh, then the next day it becomes a podcast. So if you go to iTunes, you can find Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin. There are like 40 episodes. So it's like 40 hours of free advice. Wow. Um, And we continue to do that as often as I can. Yeah. Kate. That's incredible. When Seriously, when we talk about you being stellar at social media <laughs> that no but that's seriously really impressive yeah. really impressive that's a really great way to use a tool I've, I've never heard of someone using a tool like that facebook live L- like that i mean yeah. seriously like a, a weekly thing or yeah. by uh, or um every other week yeah i mean that's really really a smart way to use that Damn. Hey, thanks do you know who seth godin is uh seth godin is like my inspiration in all things in life okay do you like akimbo his pot it's who's that? Wait, are we so best much? friends? <laughs> we are we so actually <laughs> best friends? I love it. Thank too. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Was we, so I, weird. We might actually be best friends. Seth, Seth Godin oh. is like a master. The real question is and, why? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> What's but the why I'll, of Seth Godin? I'll, I'll tell you all about it after. But for the pod, if you don't know who and Seth Godin is, you need to Google Seth Godin. Yeah. And Seth Godin's whole blog. whole question. He kind of well, Simon Sinek really did that. But Seth Godin's question really is. Uh, Did you watch their? their... I it was it was like all of the greatest things in the world happened at the same time. Um, Seth Godin is really genius at uh, everything. What what would you say? I I think he's just like a brilliant uh, marketer, but he goes beyond business mind. But he he thinks about uh, uh, clients or 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 customers as people mm-hmm. they're human beings mm-hmm. they're individuals and so it's not just like mass marketing it, it's about it gets, connection it's getting yes exactly it's getting super specific and i'm going to repeat myself for the fifteen thousand time on this podcast if you haven't read 1000 true fans by kevin kelly read it it's a great mental model and thinking about how to structure a career especially as an actor and an artist yeah you should also read purple cow Purple Cow. That's a Seth Godin book. Yep. And read The Dip, too. The Dip is very good, and I'm looking right at it. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, okay, so on to our final segment. Yes. Artistic inspiration. Woo! Want to kick it off, Andrew? Sure, sure. Um, my artistic inspiration is 
I just started watching uh, The People versus OJ. It's I'd, so good. I'd never oh, seen it. so good. I'd never oh my seen God, it. it's so yeah. good. Yeah, and my girlfriend was like, yeah, I'll watch it again with you. And I'm like, oh, I feel bad. You've seen it. And she's like, no, no, I'll watch it again. And I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe it's good. Anytime I'm graced with Sterling K. Brown's oh face, God. I'm okay. Mm. You know who else was also really fantastic in that? David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. He's a great, great actor. Great mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. Is it Sarah Paulson? Mm-hmm. Yep. I won everything all year for that. Love. She's so good. She's so good. So I'm a couple episodes. Also in. that wig. Also that wig. Also, yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It also made me consider getting a perm, and you then already I got, have one, my angel. I know. <laughs> the, like the nature curl, gave you that wait, gift. The, yes. When the humidity hits, these the curls go crazy. Enough about my hair, though. But the People versus OJ, I think it's a great piece of TV uh, and the performances are fantastic. Direction's great. Story is great. Awesome, Andrew. Okay, okay. So I'll go next. So my artistic inspiration is first two episodes, season two of Handmaid's Tale. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I guess if you don't want to know one of the actors' names that I thought, I thought was incredibly impressive, skip forward like one minute. Okay, so um, one of the scenes in the first episode is with this actress named Erica Kreutz or Kreutz. She plays a nurse Mm. and it is one of those chilling, um, interesting scenes between her and Elizabeth Moss. And it starts out as one thing and ends totally differently. Very warm to chilling. And I just think it's a really incredible performance by an actress who I had never seen before. And I was just so impressed. And it was one of the standout scenes in the first episode. And that show is just incredible. Really, really love that show. And then um, the other thing that is making me... uh, The double... What? The double uh, artistic inspiration. It is a double artistic inspiration. It's and a and it's through too. it's it's through the IMDP uh I am IMDB kind of when world. you world when you kind of look at one actor, you go to the next oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you it's know rabbit the spiral. Yeah, the Thank rabbit you. hole. The, the rabbit hole. That's what I'm those are the words I'm looking for. Anyway, so when I looked up Erica Croyd, she's about or Kreutz, she's about to do a movie with uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste and called Mixtape. And Marianne, uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste, I have to say, I just finished um, re watching the thir- uh, second season of Broadchurch, mm. and she plays one of the lawyers on Broadchurch, and she is Tenet, so. Tenant, Tenant, Tenant. Oh my God. He's my doctor. David Tennant. He's. If anyone hasn't seen Broadchurch, it is, I think, one of the best shows ever written and acted in. I think it's so, 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 so good. And anyway, she plays one of the lawyers opposite, um, uh, oh my gosh, Charlotte, not Charlotte, um, what is her name? What's the other lawyer? I wish you could see this face. I know. I'm in pain right now. It's fine. Charlotte, Charlotte. Rampling, Rampling, Charlotte Rampling. She plays the other lawyer. Anyway, uh, Marianne Jean-Baptiste is just so, such an extraordinary actress. And if you want to see two badass women um, lawyering, uh, a barrister, that's what I was thinking of, uh, being a barrister in England, (laughs) that's what I was thinking of, Um, being a barrister in England, because they don't call them lawyers. Um, It is such an incredible episode. Go uh, uh, season, go watch, go watch Broadchurch and check out Handmaid's Tale. All right. Artistic inspiration for you, Miss Kate. Who? Yeah. So I, I've, 
really been privileged to work on two really cool projects recently that were written by women that are female kind of centric. Um, and I think the coolest thing for me, these are brand new musicals. Uh, Single Writer is one of them, which that sounds like a really cool. Oh my musical. god, are you in it? Oh, maybe. crazy! <laughs> um, and Thank another show called Agent Three Five Five, which has been pretty spectacular. And just like getting to hear the music from these shows for the first time, I don't think you guys really understand when you're in the audition process for a new musical, and you hear sides from the show sung for the first time by ten different actors, and you realize like this this could be the original cast recording or this different version could be the original cast recording or this. And that will be the thing that people hear forever that make them think about this show. I am one of the only people in the world who gets to hear the five different versions of what it could be. And that is like a privilege I do not take lightly. It is very very cool and when you're working on a brand new musical and you just hear there's a song in single writers specifically um, called life in color that I am obsessed with unhealthily Um, it's really beautiful it doesn't sound like that at all um (laughs) because i'm not in it um but you know the first time we heard several people sing it i realized like oh god the song is just great it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who sings it everyone brings something different to it but god this is beautiful music and what a privilege i get to hear it for the first time and get to watch the composers hear it mm. sung by other people for the first time. I mean, nine times, nine times out of eight 10, times out one, of 10. Eight times out of 10, six <laughs> point five times out of 10. Um, you know, I, the creative teams like weep at the end of those days because it's the first time they know their show is real, right? Like they have a cast and they've heard it and they're like, this is happening and for me that's like such a privilege and it's so inspiring it's like oh yeah this is why I do this job this is why I do hours and hours and hours of submissions and spreadsheets and like bullshit 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 um you know (laughs) to get to the place where I get to watch these humans see their child and family like come together and I get to hear it and um I get to hear it a a performance that no one else will ever get to hear forever just me Mm. and that is a really cool and really inspiring privilege of a life Wow. Kate. What a perfect way to end off. Yeah. Kate, this was so informative and you're a wonderful human. Yes. Thanks. So thanks for having me here on this very comfy couch. Where where can people find you? What's the best uh, I am highly Googleable. But you can find me at kate-lumpkin.com for all sorts of information about casting, projects I'm working on, um, information on how to book a coaching. All of that's on that website and how to contact me is through there. You can find me on Instagram at Kate Lumpkin. You can find me on Twitter at Catherine Lumpkin because somebody else took Kate. Stupid. How do you spell Catherine? K A T H R O Y N. The right way. I spell it the right way. Okay. How okay, do you spell Catherine? Okay. <laughs> I spell it K A T H E R I N E. I'm C A T H E R I N E. Okay. Right. She is like royalty over there. Um, so you can find me <laughs> yeah. at Catherine Lumpkin on Twitter uh, and all the things. I'm very, very, very active on social. Find me on Facebook and uh, become a part of the community. 
Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so, so, so much Thank for joining us. Thank you for us. having me, guys. This was awesome. Yeah, this, amazing. This has been amazing. This is a free session, I feel like. <laughs> but there were no nachos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next, Next time. Next time. Next All time. right. All right. This brings us to the end of the episode. For helpful outside resources and links to where we found our information, go to our website, www.rejectionpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at rejectpod. You can even email us at rejectionpodcast at gmail.com. I check it nonstop. Catherine's never checked it in her life. I love to check it. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or further insight into uh, casting. And uh, join us next week for a very special guest. Finally, if you've been enjoying these episodes so far, we encourage you to go rate us on iTunes and give us a nice review. It helps other actors find us. Just a little baby review. doesn't need to be long. A few sentences. Thanks again for joining us on A Streetcar Named Rejection. I'm Andrew L. Ricci. I'm Catherine Mullins. See you next time. <laughs>